0: Well, for those of you who uh, maybe are new to us here in the last couple of months, or maybe just are joining us for the first time today, you are probably unaware of what we've been doing this past school year. We started in the fall with a a series called For the Life of the World, and it was based on a, a video series of the same title. And uh, so one thing that you can do if you want to kind of catch up to speed a little bit is go to our website, which is on your, your bulletin this morning, and uh, you can go to the sermon section and watch the video clips and, and hear the sermons if you want to, but at least watch the videos uh, to maybe catch up, give you a sense of who the characters are, what the story is that's going on. Each one of them kind of stands alone, so it won't like, be like you'll be totally lost or not understanding what's going on today, but... Um, So that will help you as we finish up here in the next couple of months. But the primary question that has been asked and proposed at the very beginning of this series was this, is what is our salvation for? Not necessarily what have we been saved from, but what is our salvation for? And the answer that they propose is that our salvation is for the life of the world right now. And so our life and the lives of our families are all meant to be a gift, a gift to others, and specifically a gift to the city in which we've been called, St. Joseph, or wherever you might live. And we've talked about some of these gifts that we've been entrusted with, gifts like love and justice and hospitality. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the gift of wonder and uh, how that can be a blessing to others as well. So uh, we're going to watch a video clip here for a minute, so sit back and enjoy. All right, so in that little segment that we watched, the, the filmmaker, a, made a very deliberate choice to portray Evan, the main character, as a young boy when he was interacting with creation. So why do you think the filmmaker did that? This is me asking you a question. Feel free to answer at any time. No inhibitions? Okay. When, okay, when when you're young the world seems large and unknown, there's a sense of discovering things as you go. Anybody else, yeah, Layton? Okay. Yeah, you have this grand sense of imagination. What else? Yeah. We might be prone to as an audience feel like it's irresponsible for an adult to just go wander around in the trees and fish <laughs> Okay. We might think it's irresponsible for an adult to go wander around in the trees, right, and do something useless. With his day. Yeah, what else? Yeah, Brad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have time to pay attention. We have space in our lives. Yeah. An openness. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, an innocence. I mean, just the, the pure joy of that kid riding his bike, you know, and the wind just going. I mean, I, when I was I was a child in the seventies, y'all, and I had hair on my shoulders, you know, and so man, my hair would be flapping in the breeze when I'm riding my bike. Now it just blows off somewhere, just lose it, right? But there's just this sense of just freedom, yeah, of no responsibility, no bills to pay. No kids to raise, no anything, you know, just fun, right? I want you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. It's page 707. Mark chapter 10. In verse 13... Of Mark chapter 10, it says this. It says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. That's kind of the nice biblical way of saying he was hacked off. He was really mad. So he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms placed his hands on them and blessed them. And so Jesus is saying to his disciples, you know, who want him to rush off to something important, hey, don't, don't push these kids away. You know, don't see them as a nuisance or somebody, you know, somebody's going to get in the way of some important mission we're on. Actually, these kids are teaching you something. There's something for you to learn from them today. And so he says, let them come. And a few years ago, we did a, a sermon series on the kingdom of God, and, and we talked uh, about this passage. Um, and there's a pretty definitive statement here made by Christ. He says, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it will never enter it. And that should get your attention a little bit, right? So I want to ask you, we talked about things just in general, but just specifically for you, how did the world look different to you as a child? Do you remember like those elementary years? Like how did you interact with it? What posture did you take towards it? Tell me a little bit, give me some insight into just you as a kid interacting with the world. Okay. So there's a there's a sense in sometimes in the sense of that in those uh, of not understanding everything of fear sometimes, right? Sure. What else? Yeah, Gary? Yeah, so there's just a, this contagious curiosity. Right? Because there's so much you don't know and you just want to experience something and learn something. Yeah. Anybody else? It's great. Yeah. Okay. Everything was always an adventure for her. Yeah. When she was a kid. Anybody else? I was a lot more willing to get dirty. You know, that kid's got his, his feet, his wet feet, you know, and what am I thinking now? Well, how is he going to walk home? He's going to get blisters, and isn't that uncomfortable? And, you know, when I was a kid, I just, did not matter, you know? You just get dirty, and you don't think about the consequences of anything, right? So I would bring along an extra pair of shoes and socks and, you know, so anything else? Yeah, John? Okay, yeah, you weren't as worried about whether you're going to fit in or whether other people are going to judge you or look down at you or different things. Yeah, you just did what you enjoyed doing. Anything else? Yeah, Todd? Okay. Okay, you had a sense that there was going to be somebody there to, to take care of you if, yeah, things didn't go right or you got hurt or different things like that. That's good, that's good. So I want to share this quote with you from um, a theologian named G.K. Chesterton. He gives us some just amazing insight into the perspective on the nature of children. He says, because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead and... And somebody said that, uh, and then, they, then what happens when the, when the adult starts wearing out, then it switches to one more time, all right? <laughs> so do it again. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exalt in monotony, but perhaps God is strong enough to exalt in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite for infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, and our Father is younger than we. It's interesting, isn't it? There's a song um, by Bob Dylan called My Back Pages. And in this song, he's singing from the perspective of an older man who's looking back on himself as a young man, a young adult. Um, a time when he kind of thought that he had the whole world figured out, that he had all the answers. And when he was a young man, uh, the world seemed more black and white then. Right? And, and, and he was passionate about these issues and causes that in retrospect, as an older man, he really realizes, you know, I really didn't know much about those, those issues. I kind of had an elementary understanding of those things. <clears throat> but at the end of each verse of this song is this statement. He says, ah, but I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now. And Jesus' teachings create this incredible tension for us. Because being a follower of Christ is is living in this tension of of two things. On the one hand, people tell us that as followers of Christ, that should be a growing up and maturing process, right? We hear a lot about that. But the flip side of that or the the balance of that is that we also should be growing younger in our sense of of wonder. And so, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but many of the churches that I've been a part of Um, that I've seen or or been to, and I would even say this church a lot of times, we put a pretty heavy emphasis on the maturation process and far too little on having a childlike sense of wonder. As Bob Goff would say, the guy who came this fall and spoke at the Young Life Banquet, and uh, he said that that the world is lacking in whimsy, just this fun spirit of life, you know, And uh, there are a lot of you here today who are teenagers or early 20s. And you might be thinking that this message that I'm giving this morning is just for the old people like Bob and his friends, right? But guys, I'm here to tell you that that shift towards maturing and leaving behind the seemingly childlike ways of the world comes more quickly than you think. Talking to my son the other day, I called him up because I was thinking through this message and he's a freshman in college and he goes to a Christian ministry on campus and I was like, let me ask you this, Zach. I said, "You know, in the meetings that you go to where you, you, know, you have a speaker every week or the Bible studies you do during the week, as a freshman in college, an 18, 19 year old, how many of those lessons that you hear are focused on you growing up and maturing in your faith as compared to becoming more childlike in your sense of wonder about God? What, what do you think the balance is? You could probably guess the answer. Even as a teenager, right, they're, 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 they're stressing and, and pushing the, the, hey, it's time to grow up. It's time to mature, you know? Being more childlike seems like a step backwards in our society. Because we live in this culture now, especially in the last 20 years or so, of this delayed adulthood syndrome, right? More and more people in their early 20s living at home with mom and dad, you know, delaying, staying in college as long as they can, getting multiple degrees, you know? And so there's this this pressure that we hear. It's like, man, when, when are you gonna get serious about life? When are you gonna grow up? And it makes it hard to know how to honor this command to receive the kingdom of God like a child that Jesus is so clear about here, And so when we're confronted with a teaching like this in Mark chapter 10 this morning, which tells us if we will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, we will never enter it, then maybe an important question for us to ask in the midst of our spiritual journey would be something like this. What do children have that I've lost? What do I need to grow back into? What do I need to recover Is it possible like like the the writing that we looked at, like the song that we sang about Dylan, that that I was that as we get older we can actually get younger in how we view things. Our perspective can become more childlike in our appreciation. And and really the bigger question in all of this, folks, is why is recovering wonder a necessary part of a vital faith in our walk with God? Why is that important? And I would say that it's because wonder is the fuel for worship. Wonder is the fuel for worship. The words that were being spoken during that whole scene with the kid while he's interacting with nature um, were, were written by a, a Swiss theologian, a, a Catholic priest named Hans von Balsazar. And at the very end of his writing, I don't know if you caught this in what they were saying, but it, it was talking about the, the importance and the necessity of paying attention to beauty. This is what it said. It said that if we sneer at the importance of having a profound appreciation for beauty in our faith, that we can no longer pray and soon will no longer be able to love. We will lose our, our childlike sense of wonder and our, our hearts will grow hard and, and stale And our worship will suffer. And I don't know if you've ever been at that place in your journey, where you're just dry, and you're focusing so hard on the oh man, I ought to be more mature. I ought to, you know, do these things, and I ought, I should be here. And you haven't spent any time with this childlike just appreciation of God and creation and this journey and life, and and it's just gotten boring you see the fact that there is a god beyond our human understanding and ability inspires our worship at the very root of why we worship it's because we recognize that there are things that only god can do i mean that's why we worship we we look at god and we say i can't do that <laughs> there's a god that can only do that only he can create only he can heal Only he can restore and redeem and resurrect broken lives and broken things. And wonder cultivates this sense of humility, of he is God and I am not, (laughs) and so I worship him. The book of Job says it like this. In Job chapter 11, it says, can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths of the grave. What can you know? And the fact that our faith is a mystery should cultivate in us a healthy sense of wonder. I want you to look at the way the Apostle Paul repeatedly, when he talks about the gospel, the good news of Jesus, he constantly calls it a mystery. Let's look at some of just examples of of this in Ephesians it says pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. In Colossians to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you. You know we tell people that when you um, come to Christ that Christ actually lives inside of you. That's a mystery. That's hard to put into words that people can understand, right? It's supernatural. Colossians 2, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, that God became human flesh, was born, (laughs) lived life. Colossians 4, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And then another mystery in terms of just our future, 1 Corinthians 15 says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. That one day we will be resurrected. We will have this resurrection body. I mean, that is a mystery. I can't I can't explain that very well to people. <laughs> so, why does Paul use this word mystery so often? I'm asking you, what do you think? Yeah, Jason? Keep us what? Okay. I'm sorry, say that. Keep pursuing? pursuing? Okay. Yeah. That it's not something you just understand once and you're like, okay, I got that. (laughs) That there's a seeking there. Yeah. Uh, What I'm thinking is um, that it's a mystery why God loves me like a broken toy. And with a broken toy, I would disregard. You know, but he's never turned his back on me. He's never stopped loving me regardless of what I do, what I've done, everything else. And it's a mystery to me. Yeah. As to how that type of a love can continue on. Yeah. But God's love is a mystery. Why would he care about me? What have I done? If anything, I've turned my back on him, I've disowned him, I've wanted life my way. Why would he go to the links to die for me, to reclaim me? That's a mystery. Any other thoughts on that? The reason why I think he uses that word so often is because human words cannot explain the gospel from the very seemingly simple part of just why he came to die for us anyways, but just, man, what transpires when we give our heart to Christ, trying to explain that to somebody? You see, Christianity, as they mentioned in there, is not just a set of facts that we either believe or we don't believe that makes us a Christian, it's a way of life to be experienced. Christianity is not just a set of facts to believe. It's a way of life to be experienced. That's why he said taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Guys, last Sunday, if you weren't here, we did baptisms up here and we had this big horse trough full of water up here on stage. And I've gotta tell you that, that During that whole experience last week, I was like a little kid, like just caught up in this unbelievable sense of wonder of what was happening, what was transpiring right in front of me. I was just overflowing with joy. And I I think church should be more like that. If we're gonna connect with God, like he says, in a childlike way to understand his kingdom, we should have moments of just pure joy here, (laughs) ecstasy, fun, right? Right? And from my vantage point on stage, I was kind of behind, you know, the people as they were coming up out of the water, a new creation. Guys, the look on their faces was just overwhelming. Unexplainable. Some, something unexplainable and beautiful and mysterious had taken place in them in that process, and you could see it in their face. Just so much joy, so much emotion, just overwhelmed. And my desire in that time was to worship the God who made that possible. Those kinds of changes in people's hearts. And life transformation in us and in other people around us should never get old. It is always a mystery. It's always a miracle. And it makes me want to say to God, do it again. Man, daddy, do it again. It never gets old. You with me? I don't ask for amens often, but can I get an amen? Yeah. Guys, we learn a lot about God in church. But what does that knowledge taste like? What does it taste like? That's what we want to explore in the next month. And so as we go from here today, I'm going to put these questions back up on the screen. If you want to write those down, I really want you to ponder these things this week. If you spend some time with God during your day, reflect on these questions And just think about this. What, is it, what would it look like for me to have more balance in my faith, in my journey? Yes, we need to grow up and mature and leave behind some childish things. But God's not asking us to be more childish. He's asking us to be more childlike. There's a big difference between those two things. And growing in an appreciation for what What wonder means for our faith and how it can make our heart come alive. We can experience some whimsy and joy maybe that we haven't experienced for a while. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I thank you. Thank you, God, that you gave us so much here on this earth to fill our entire life with wonder You know, it's interesting, like, I think that, you know, as as kids, we have this amazing sense of wonder and and curiosity, and then the other time I hear about that a lot is sometimes at the end of our life, or if we've, like, people that have had kind of a near-death experience or have had an illness, and all of a sudden you hear them just appreciating the simplest things again. It's like we kind of grow numb in the busyness and, and, the, and the chaos of being adults and having responsibility, we lose this unbelievable wonder that's all around us. And, and sometimes it's drawn out when we see you know, a new baby born or things like that, but, but man, we just pass right by your unbelievable creation and the ways you speak to us in this world moment by moment. And so I thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he brought attention to the little children and just said, guys, you will never understand me. You will never understand what I came to do or what I'm about unless you have the posture of these kids. And so God, help us to grow younger as we grow older. And God, just give us more balance in our faith that brings us more joy, more life, Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us as we sing.